Section twelve of A Cruise in an Opium Clipper by Lindsay Anderson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section twelve, chapters thirty seven through thirty nine. Chapter thirty seven Native Merchants Ransom the Junk. They promise to use their influence with the chief Mandarin of the district early in the morning of the succeeding day and before captain rooney estevelt and the spaniard had time to come on board as arranged the previous night we in the eamont were surprised by the arrival alongside of several well-dressed natives whom we recognized as some of the merchants who had been purchasers of our cargo of opium they seemed rather scared at coming on board at first so that we had to call the schroffs to convince them of our present harmlessness as soon as they were satisfied on that point they came on board and were conducted to the quarter-deck where captain gulliver awaited the result of what they might have to say through the schroffs as interpreters a boat was dispatched from the eamont to the receiving ship to inform captain rooney and his friends of the arrival of these notabilities and requesting them to come on board and hear what they had to say as well as to have breakfast and confer on any future proceedings that might arise from the conference with these natives our friends from the receiving ship returned in our boat as they had seen the native merchants going on board the eamont and were just on the point of leaving to come and learn what was the purport of their visit our idea of course was that they had come to confer about the troubles of the previous two days but however much of these proceedings they were cognizant of they carefully abstained from mentioning anything at all about them at present after a short confab with the schroffs we discovered that they had come to effect the release of the junk which lay wedged in between our port bow and the beach and which had carried away our jib-boom as she drove into that position now it was a well-known fact in chinese waters in those days that these heavy-armed junks did a good deal of piracy when they could and when they had the chance so it had been intended to exact a goodly ransom from the owner or captain of her to pay for our jib-boom and any trouble we had incurred in looking after her crew five thousand mexican dollars was the amount originally affixed upon when the disaster happened or rather at the first consultation after the disaster but now taking into consideration what had since occurred as well as to keep as friendly with these merchants as possible the sum to be asked by captain gulliver was reduced to one-half of the original demand the schroffs explained to the merchants the conditions on which the junk would be released after a good deal of haggling to get a still further reduction they finally agreed to the terms imposed especially when they were informed by the schroffs that if they delayed settlement within an hour the conditions of release would be doubled and if then the price was not agreed to the junk would be destroyed as being a pirate or pilong they were likewise informed that a heavier and mightier ship flying the same flag as ours would come and burn them all up if they did not learn to trade peaceably with those who came to traffic with them as well as to stop all murdering of shipwrecked men disclaiming in a very vehement manner any knowledge of the wreckers they all seemed very wishful to be considered most friendly towards us 
as well as being in a decided manner anxious for our speedy return with another cargo of opium while these negotiations were proceeding the stewards had prepared an ample breakfast to which merchants and all sat down and did ample justice these proceedings in regard to the junk had slightly altered our plan of what was to be the day's work the captains estevolt and the priest as soon as breakfast was over held a parley with the native merchants the priest acting as interpreter when it was decided that the priest accompanied by captains gulliver and rooney and estevolt should accompany the merchants to their village which was situated on the south side of the lagoon interview the principal mandarin and get from him a concession allowing us to come and trade at will and under his protection as against the savage wreckers of the coast villages this document given under his hand would be of great service to captain rooney especially should the emperor interfere to protect the marauding tribes of the coast in ignorance of the desires of the merchant trading community one armed boat was to convey them to the village the captains and estervault being armed with sword and revolver while the priest relied on his peaceful robes for protection the crew of the junk were to be retained as hostages till the money was handed over and our people all safely returned and the concession for trade signed and sealed as a guarantee that captain rooney and his receiving ship would not be made the victims of vengeance after we had departed from taku for amoy chapter thirty eight we proceed to the chief mandarin's village reach our destination and land without opposition at the request of captain rooney i proceeded on board the receiving ship with a note to his chief officer instructing him to let me have their launch which pulled twelve oars and carried a small swivel gun in her bow by the time i had passed the compliments of the morning and shaken hands all round with the officers of the receiving ship who were now as friendly or more so than they had been enemies two weeks ago the launch was hoisted out and lowered into the water where my boat's crew took her in tow and we were soon alongside the emont a box of ammunition for the swivel gun had been placed in her by the gunner of the receiving ship who was to accompany us while a picked crew of well-armed men from the Emont manned her, Nealance acting as coxswain, and I as bowman, so that there would be as many of us in the boat as possible, without unduly exciting the natives, or making them imagine we had come with any sinister motives. As soon as the launch was reported ready, the two captains, Eastervelt, the priest, two schroffs, and three of the native merchants came down the accommodation ladder and took their seats in the stern sheets which had been slightly cushioned and decorated with bunting to give eclat to our peaceable demonstration as well as to honour our native guests who were now exceedingly friendly their kindliness towards us no doubt increased by a little judicious flattery washed down by some of captain gulliver's best champagne as soon as all had taken their places we shoved off and pulled across the entrance of the lagoon towards its southern shore closely followed by the sampan in which were the other native merchants pulling close under the sydney brig's stern her captain hailed us shouting have you any room for a stranger to join your picnic 
oh yes said captain gulliver bear a hand and we will come alongside for you the launch was rounded to and brought alongside the brig when after a few minutes waiting her captain joined us armed and dressed in real colonial digger style somewhat a la garibaldi pushing off from the brig our course was directed straight along the southern shore at about a cable's length from the beach in about half an hour from the time of leaving the brig we were abreast of the village from whence we had taken the tutai the other night thinking we were to land here i was about getting my boat-hook ready when captain gulliver shouted to me we don't land here anderson there is another village several miles further along in a bight where the principal mandarin resides sitting so far forward in the bow i could hear nothing of the conversation going on amongst those in the stern-sheets they seemed jolly enough even the priest who had looked so awfully serious over the affairs of the past two days seemed inclined to put a little holiday look upon his austere visage nealance told me afterwards that in the course of their remarks the merchants had informed the captains through the shroffs that they could control this mandarin and make him look see all same me mandarin all same me said one of them in a smattering of pidgin english he had picked up muchy likey dollar muchy likey opium me likey liddy opium smoky mandarin likey muchy opium smoky me likey muchy opium selly makey dollar mandarin muchy likey dollar for getty opium at this lucid explanation of self-interest there was much laughing and handshaking both captains of course promising the very best conditions of sale to those who forwarded their interest most in the establishment of a firm and lasting trade about five or six miles beyond the village of our former evening's exploit we pulled sharply round a point and entered a small creek or rivulet which flowed into the lagoon coming down from the hilly land to the southeastward a little way up this creek was a village apparently much larger than that we had just passed and composed of somewhat more substantially built houses pulling up the creek we arrived at a jetty rudely constructed but sufficiently strong no doubt for the traffic which then existed the launch was brought up alongside the jetty till her gunwale was on a level with the top of it so as to render the exit from the boat as easy as possible for our well-dressed friends the native merchants the sampan with the other merchants coming alongside the jetty also all the merchants were allowed to disembark first at a suggestion of etiquette from our leading shroff with many obeisances and genuflections they then by means of the shroff invited the captains eastervelt and the priest to come on shore and visit their poor and humble dwellings they of course complied with the request stepped on to the jetty and a general handshaking and salaaming took place all round making a very impressive welcome before the eyes of the villagers who had assembled at the end of the jetty as we approached the merchants then led the way up the lane which led towards the centre of the village closely followed by the captains eastervelt the priest and the shroffs while nealance and two of our men brought up the rear acting as servants carrying the captain's swords a precaution suggested by captain rooney seven men being harder to overcome in case of a surprise than four however brave and resolute 
before they left the launch i had received strict injunctions to keep my men in readiness for anything that might happen and be on the alert should i descry them retreating to the jetty i was also instructed to fire a heavy rocket and the swivel gun should the villagers attempt any demonstration against us in the launch our party were soon lost to view amongst the buildings the lanes or streets not being formed on the new and generally improved plan of straight lines blocks and squares chapter thirty nine a satisfactory arrangement we visit the schooner and bury the murdered men stepping on to the jetty the better to command a view of the lane whence our people had vanished i took my station abreast the bow of the boat so that i still had my men under my eye while vigilantly watching the lane and the few villagers that remained and who had not followed the procession into the village the villagers seeing no signs of hostility on our part and having witnessed the impressive and cordial reception of our chiefs gradually shook off their fear of us and approached the spot where i was stationed in as timid and friendly a manner as they could assume they were mostly unarmed only a few of them having in their belts or girdles a kind of dagger about ten inches long three inches in breadth at the hilt by half an inch thick sharpened on both edges from the hilt to the point their intentions were evidently of a peaceful nature so that i felt no alarm in allowing them to come and have a closer look at the launch and its equipment after having a good look at the launch they turned their attention to me and my rigging feeling the texture of my clothes and so forth much in the same manner as i was once surveyed in the hills of borneo by a lot of dyaks who were said to be cannibals and from whom i walked away stern foremost keeping a loaded revolver covering them till i got down to my boat for my cassap a coast malay had whispered in my ears malam sahib orang makan orang which in good english means man eat man these formosians were however only filled with curiosity and wonder they had never seen europeans in such style before and never had europeans been received by their headmen in such honour if at all for captain rooney did not know of this village and he was seemingly as far as we knew the first real trader who had established himself here the priest may have known of it if so he kept his knowledge to himself the villagers seemed pleased to look at us for they kept going and coming bringing their friends down to stare at us and by their dumb signs tried their best to invite us on shore seeing that they could not induce any of my men to follow them into the village a new idea took possession of them for in a short time several coolies arrived with a number of baskets containing fruit which i allowed the men to accept which seemed to please the donors very much after a stay of two hours our chiefs and their escort returned to the landing-place accompanied by the traders and several magnates of the village all were in high good humour and i was afterwards informed by nealance that everything was arranged to captain rooney and gulliver's entire satisfaction the punishment inflicted on the village of kempty yar was to atone for the misdeeds of the wreckers who had certainly belonged to that village 
the mandarins of this and other villages were to dispatch messengers to the emperor who would state the real facts of the case and prevent him from sending his fleet to cause any further disturbance and stop the trading that might now become general after a very ceremonial leave-taking the three captains eastervelt and the priest as well as the schroffs took their places in the launch we then shoved off pulled down the creek and away for the emont we got back to our ship about two p m the men were sent to dinner while we of the afterguard sat down to a goodly meal the captains discussing as we ate our luncheon the next proceedings to be taken with regard to the wreck and the burial of the bodies on the beach as soon as lunch was over and the men had dined and rested a bit the launch was taken back to the receiving ship i was also the bearer of a note to her chief officer ordering him to equip twenty of his men and land them on the beach abreast of the emont he himself accompanying them returning to the emont in our own cutter we embarked the three captains in eastervelt with nealance and twenty of our men all armed and ready for the natives on this side should they dare to interfere with our proceedings landing on the beach abreast of where we lay we were joined by the men from the receiving ship and forming into marching order with our leaders in front we took our way through the woods for the beach where the stranded schooner lay the mate and crew of the schooner went with us to see the last sad duties of respect paid to the remains of their captain and shipmates and afterwards to witness and assent to the disposal of the wreck to whomsoever should purchase it arriving at the wreck without meeting with any interruption from the natives our first duty was to carry the bodies from the wreck and the beach to the more substantial ground beyond high-water mark and a short distance into the bush a trench was then dug the bodies were reverently laid in captain gulliver read the service for the dead as it is done at sea all standing bareheaded the short service concluded the grave was filled in and some of us brought new and grassy turf which we carefully laid over the grave so that the natives could not discover where we had laid them after a pause of several minutes duration to allow of the officer and crew of the stranded schooner recovering themselves from what must have been to them a sad and solemn ending to their voyage we that is the captains and officers proceeded on board the stranded schooner the tide was at its lowest so that we could reach her side ladder almost without wetting our feet for the cyclonal waves had driven her high up the beach an informal survey was held then the mate of the schooner on the advice of captain gulliver the captain of the sydney brig concurring offered the wreck by auction to the highest bidder only one bidder was found and she was knocked down to captain rooney for one mexican dollar she was of no value to any other person and rooney made a handsome donation to the shipwrecked crew outside of the sale it was also settled that the shipwrecked crew would be taken to amoy in the emont and afterwards if they liked they could join the service the sun was now setting low in the western horizon the order was given to form in order and we took our way back to the harbour where we arrived safely without any interference each party embarking in their own boats and going on board their respective vessels 
the captain of the sydney brig coming on board the eamont with captain gulliver previous to their going on board the receiving ship to dine with captain rooney and his friend eastervelt End of section twelve